everybody get a handout? <laughs> so let me tell you, we can call this a handout or we can call this the sword of the spirit because that is what we're holding in our hands. This is so important that we know the authority of the word of God, that it is a fire and it is a hammer, but I'm looking at this as a sword of the spirit. That's the way it always speaks to me the most. If we look at Hebrews 4.12, it says, the word of God is living and it is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. So when we grab a hold of the word of God and treat it like what it is, God's voice, God's spirit, God's heartbeat, his instructions, his authority, we will look at God's word differently than any other word because it's his life breath. It is his heartbeat to us. I say the word of God is written by the love and power of almighty God. We look at this, how could this, this uh, scripture here divide soul and spirit? But it does, because it's God. And it says that he discerns the thoughts and the intents of our heart with his word. Wow, we might think one thing and have a different intent in our heart. But through the word of God, he is the discerner of our thoughts and the intents of our heart. And we so need God's word. It is our, our lifeline. So anyway, we just say that this is a sword of the spirit. And... Um, we, um, if we look at this as the sword of the spirit, we realize that it is a sword that we can use against the evil one, but from our father's heart towards us, the sword of the spirit is that he is the loving surgeon that cuts the stuff out of our heart that doesn't belong there, that is bondage and baggage and things that will cause us to be amiss. So we want to always welcome God's word in our heart because it, it is a sword from Father God's love for our hearts. He he dwells in our hearts. He loves us with extravagant, eternal love. So we always want to receive God's word to do the work in our heart that is beneficial for us and for him. We don't want hidden things that are going to do the wrong thing in us. We want to say, God, we welcome your word in our heart. I, I love the expression where they say, open Bible, open heart. You know, we want to say, God, you are our father. We love you and we love your word and we receive it with an open heart. So, um, so we, we just, uh, we exalt God with this word and the, uh, the other words that he has in this teaching tonight. But so I, I want to say that um, the, the topic tonight that you have in your handout says it's about being rooted in Christ. And before we even start, um, as we go on through the sharing of this lesson, we want to make sure it is really going to come from our being in Christ rather than something else to do. You know, um, that ends up being work, but we do partner with God. So we must agree with his word. We must agree with what he says. So we want tonight to hear that it's our being in Christ, Christ being in us that we're rooted in him. Um, but I want to tell you the cool thing about this, I think is so neat because I decided God, he is just really fun. I see him orchestrate things when we have no idea he is orchestrating things, you know. Uh, a few months back, this scripture was put on my heart, this um, Colossians 2, 6 through 10 about being rooted in Christ. It was several months ago and Pastor Jim, he wanted to uh, have it here uh, shared and the dates would shift off and on and then it got set for this date to teach on it. 
Well, I found out just a couple days ago, this is the scripture that next week is going to be proclaimed as the National Day of Prayer scripture. This is what God is doing. So I, I just think he is so cool, you know, because he's cool. He's always cool. But uh, like, wow, he's doing stuff you don't even know. You think things just happen. You know, as Christians, we know there's no coincidence. Everything's God-ordained. But when you see the pattern of how things come in place, you're like, oh, that's only God could do that. Uh, so, um, so anyway, this what I, I want to say tonight too, as uh, I'm sharing my perspective from this rooted in Christ and this God's word is living and active. There's so much more to it than what I'll even share tonight. So please dig in. And I say, meditate on this scripture for the week because next, uh, well, Wednesday night here, it's going to be prayed through. Next Thursday is the official national day of prayer in our nation where everybody is going to be praying this and rooting. So it's like, it is a vital scripture that God has put his hand on for this time, this, this time and season. So we just praise God for what he orchestrates is just amazing because he does miraculous things. So, so I would say tonight's goal, we are magnifying the Lord Jesus Christ and all he is. We're magnifying him and how he works through us, his children, his church. Um, we uh, want to understand about this righteousness that God has in us. That is a strength and it is a power because it's him. So uh, through this teaching too, we, we, wanna, we want to um, grow and be strengthened and encouraged by what the Lord has for us. Uh, and so we can really fully be strong in him. So to define, in my heart, the rooting in Christ is really about our relationship with him. Uh, he is our strength and he is our lifeline. Uh, so we, like I said, let's look at this from uh, the first scripture I have here is Acts 17 verse 28. <clears throat> Knowing that it is about our being in Christ. For it is in him, Christ Jesus, we live, we move, and we have our being. Uh, as also some of our own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So we are the family line of Christ. We have to really, you know, get our head in the game on that one. The family line of Christ. Um, we are not who we used to be. We are not. We might look the same, but oh my goodness, God regenerated us when he put his spirit in us and made us new creations in him. It's all in him. Um, so now we get... Once and we get to live our lives back to him through his spirit, through his power, through his majesty that actually works in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. Um, so uh, so the, greatest, the greatest commandment uh, that God tells us, which I love, God could command us to do anything and he does for our good, but the greatest commandment is love. You know, that's not, that's not a doing. That's a being in a relationship with Almighty God. Mark 12, 30 says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. God, God, it's, it's just our everything that we get to live back to the mighty God who purchased us. Uh, so, so our Father... God knows and understands us better. 
um, when he speaks spiritual truths through natural examples. We see that all through the word of God, through parables and things like that. And our Father, God also knows the seasons and the times that we're in, and he's the Alpha and Omega who knows the beginning and the end. So we really need to be in such a time as this, knowing his voice and knowing his word to be the church at this time to really fully stand and be rooted in Christ. Uh, steadfast, we need to be nourished in his word and producing the fruits that give him glory. So the, um, the analogy in his word, the natural to teach the spiritual, he has so many examples, but I just wanna uh, proclaim a couple of these truths that God sees us as. He gives us these definitions for strength of character and strength of response to the things in life. Uh, he, he compares us to a tree and it's, and it's in such glory. He says, Psalm 1-3, he says, uh, this is the, his righteous children. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf shall also not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, these are promises from Almighty God. Um, planted by rivers of living water, Holy Spirit is the living water. You know, we are, he has planted in us. He has filled us with his spirit, with the living water that we are planted in. He planted in us his spirit. So also, Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. I love how God words this. He says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. So we are trusting in the Lord. We are, all our hope is in the Lord. And look what happens. God says, verse eight, he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease yielding its fruit. These, these are promises from God that he has planted in us. So these are pictures of our strength when we're fully dependent on God, um, connected to the Lord through our relationship with him, where our trust and our hope are in him. And the result of the fruit is actually, that'll be a byproduct. We don't go after producing fruit. We connect to the, to the Lord Almighty God and live for his glory. And through that, fruit is just a byproduct. We set our heart and our mind and our soul and strength on loving God. His love will produce the fruit right through us. He grows them. So, um, so let's, uh, I want to proclaim this scripture that we have here. Um, so we hear his voice. We hear the Lord's heartbeat. We hear his direction. And in these five verses, there are four in hymns through this scripture. And we are in him because Christ is in us. So Colossians 2, 6 through 10. Now for the National Day of Prayer next week, uh, the focus is the first two verses. But I want to see this in, in context so we, um, we get um, just more of God's heart. So it says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord... So walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Um, here's what God tells us. He says, also, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. He says, in him dwells all the fullness of 
of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So the truth is, we are rooted in him. We are already complete in him because he purchased us completely with his blood and made us complete in his sight. He rooted himself in us and now we are complete in him. He has sworn to us by his new covenant that's signed by the blood of Jesus Christ. No one on earth can ever possibly complete us. We hear those sayings and they're, they're nice, like people complete other people, but it is just not true. Only Christ can complete us, only Christ. So now we purpose to live from our standing in who we are in Jesus Christ. So we don't work towards completion. We don't work towards being rooted in Christ. We, we work in agreement with who we are in Christ. Uh, we are to continue to grow in his wisdom and understanding, but it really comes from our life uh, connected to Christ. So uh, Colossians 2, 6 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. As Christians, we have received him. We have received him. So when we receive Christ, uh, the Lord, our Savior, we received the Christ. I love how this is worded, Christ Jesus. That is his magnificent title, the Christ. So the Christ was the long-awaited Messiah of the Old Testament. The folks that were yearning, yearning for the Messiah to come. The chosen one who would come and save them from the bondages of sin. So Jesus, the Christ, he is our champion. He is our superhero. He's the one that left the glories of heaven, swooped down and rescued us out of hell and put us into the kingdom of the son of his love. You know, he gets all the glory. He triumphed over all the works of darkness and he is our savior forever. So, <clears throat> so uh, all the greatest love there ever was that he made us unworthy, made us worthy. You know, the impossible took place. We exchanged our unrighteousness for his righteousness. And that is our foundation, is that we are now the righteousness of God. That's who we are in him. Yeah. Um, so, so when we received Jesus, our Savior, we received the Christ. The greatest question of all time that any person ever needed to answer was what Jesus asked Peter in Matthew 16, verses 15 through 16. Jesus asked Peter, well, who do you say I am? Well, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So when we received Christ Jesus, we received the Christ. We received the Christ and made him our Christ. And that is the difference that has changed our lives, changed who dwells in us, changed our eternity. So from that day forward, we walk in Christ because Christ in us is the hope of glory. And God tells us, so now continue. You receive Christ, now walk in him. 
So walking with him is our everyday life, and so much of our lives is everyday things. You know, there's great moments here and there, but honestly, our walk is a daily pattern of what we do. And we will live filled from the glory of Christ. We will fulfill his purposes even in the mundane things of life. So the main point is, uh, like Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? So our walk with the Lord is like we are just agreeing with his word. We're agreeing with what he says, agreeing in, in what we should, how we should live our lives out. You know, because when we became born again, we became one spirit with the Lord. Our hearts and God's hearts are one together. So for us to walk in disagreement is, is, um, is, not, is not God's will. So we know there should be that that check in our spirit because the Holy Spirit dwells in us that our hearts can be amiss with God if we're not walking the way God wants us to walk. We want to say, oh, what, what's off there? Oh, I'm just not walking in agreement with God. And that's the Holy Spirit that gives us that revelation. You know, we want to walk with him every day in faith until that glorious day we see him face to face and it will be faith no more, right? No. Hallelujah. Amen. So, um, so 2 Corinthians 5.15 says, um, For he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So um, we never walk alone. I love that. God promises to always leave us and never forsake us. So honestly, it's impossible for us ever to be alone. We can't even say that, like, oh, I'm alone tonight. Oh, we are not. We're in our house. We have the living almighty God with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. So, uh, so, so this walk with the Lord, God wants us to be strong in confidence in him and trust him and have all our hope in him uh, and, and live from his strength that's within us, the Holy Spirit, in agreement with him, um, that we stand rooted in him because we are walking in such a broken, fallen world. So we need to be strong in the Lord for all the battles that come amongst us. So uh, Colossians 2, 7 uh, the root of this, the, the root of this whole scripture is that we are to be rooted and built up in Him and established in faith. Uh, so, so to be rooted in Christ, the uh, the pictures that God gives us, uh, the natural to impart the spiritual to us, like being these strong trees that God has us stated as we are in Scripture. Isaiah 61 verse 3b says. And they shall be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Boy, that is a really strong uh, statement um, of how beautiful that is, that we are trees of righteousness, because we are a planting of the Lord. And I think about how many different, different shapes there are in God that he plants in us. So trees of righteousness are really strong, but for to be a tree of righteousness, they have to have we have to have a root of righteousness. And, um, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. So righteousness is our strength because it's Christ's righteousness in us. And we need to maintain our roots to be strong, especially in the spiritual battles that we're going in. So our, if righteousness is our strength, what will the evil one be going after? 
we got to remember about our spiritual battles going on all the time so we have a greater discernment so we can see things in the spirit. I thank God this uh, church series coming up is going to be talking about all the spiritual battles because the spirit battle is real. You know, we walk by faith. We're walking by everything we don't see. Well, I don't see my Jesus standing here, but he is, you know. I don't see heaven he's got for me, but he does, you know. I don't see the angels, but he's got them, amen. But then there's all the dark stuff too, you know. But we walk by faith because the real world is a spirit realm that we walk in, you know. So we have to be strong in the Lord and in his righteousness. So I just want to interject here a little bit about the tempter because of our strength and we're to be these strong trees of righteousness, we know the evil one will be going after our righteousness and trying to pull us down. That's his MO. Um, so the tempter is always offering us unrighteous choices, which is sin. And sin will always make us weak. So now we know why the devil wants to tempt us with sin, because it will always make us weak, because it pulls us from living from our righteousness. Uh, so... <clears throat> So his MO is always to steal, kill, and destroy. We know the devil's uh, MO, his method of operation. We know he knows he cannot take our salvation, but of course he doesn't change who he is. He always still wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So we have got to guard our righteous roots so we don't get uprooted. But the Lord has uh, impressed on my heart this morning when I got up for some word, the word dabble. And dabble means to take part in an activity in a casual or superficial way. That means like light, like no big deal. Um, like we can dab, dabble in uh, the, the temptation that the devil would offer, whatever it might be. And there's a million temptations he could dabble at us, you know. So, um, so we know the scripture that says a little leaven leavens the whole loaf. So we don't want to give a crack or a foothold to the wicked one. We have to guard our righteousness because it's who Christ made us to be. It's who he is and what we have to live from. It is our absolute strength. It's full agreement with God when we walk in righteousness. So, but the Lord brought to my attention, for some reason, the, the various things that we can dabble in that made me think about the scripture here where God says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men. So I, God put on my heart uh, like the new age things and especially horoscopes. They are back in rage. And you'll see them on mugs. You see them all over the place that this looks like it's just a little uh, not, a, um, not a big deal. It's a big deal. We have got to renounce horoscopes because they are an open gate to the evil one. Don't think you can dabble in, in things like this. Whoever this is for, I don't know, but we can't dabble because we can listen to the lie that we're stronger than we are when the devil's lying to us. You know what I mean? So we got to renounce these things. I know I dabbled in it before I was in Christ. When I was in my, my darkness, I didn't know better. But once I came to Christ, I had to repent and renounce it because it's a root. So we want to get unrighteous roots cut off. You know, they give the devil no room. So, uh, so just to mention that, that there is just no... That, that's just taking a little bit of the bait of Satan. Like we're just going to dabble in some sort of area that is not godly. And then the devil gets a crack and then he pulls us. So we say no. We guard our guard, our righteousness. So I'm going to say too, um, we are all susceptible 
Everyone is susceptible to temptation. We have to purpose our life for the glory of God. So, um, because the schemes of the evil one are schemes. He's a deceiver. He deceives things. Um, What God put on my heart, too, is that he basically candy coats what is poison to our soul. So we have to be so discerning because he makes things attractive that pull at our flesh, you know, and we have to be guarded against that and lay that flesh down and be in the spirit of God. So, uh, so we must purpose this uh, righteous life by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do this in our natural self. We cannot. Uh, we cannot do it alone. Uh, so just grab us. I don't know how this works, but I'll figure it out. One second. Thank you. So, so our roots are, li- are, are living. So back to talking about our roots. Our roots are living because we have a living relationship with Almighty God. <clears throat> the most amazing thing is a living God, but he was dead. <laughs> and he died in place of our sickness, sin, and disease and rose again forevermore. So uh, this scripture, Romans 6, 10 through 12, uh, talks about Jesus and us. Just so we get a fresh reminder of this, Jesus says, is for the death that Jesus died, he died for sin once for all. But this, this life that he lives, um, he now lives to God. So here's Jesus dying and living to God. And here's us. Likewise, you also reckon yourself dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have got to reckon that we are just dead to sin. It's a, the devil will jump on that and um, use, it for, uh, uh, use it for wrong. Um, so we just guard our righteousness. <clears throat> so I'd like to talk just about the natural, of a, a natural tree root, and we'll see how God's going to take this spiritually. So in the natural, roots are the lifeline of the tree. Roots need to be watered and nourished to be strong and healthy. Healthy roots will provide life, growth, and stability. And through the roots giving life to the tree, the roots will build up and produce the fruits. So the tree and the fruit we see is fully dependent on the roots we don't see. Also so important, strong roots keep a tree from being uprooted by storms. So we can understand why the Lord, why he uses certain words when he teaches us things. To be rooted in him is to be rooted uh, health, to uh, have a healthy, a righteous relationship with God uh, for our spiritual life in him. So the Lord Jesus, he is our complete source of life. He created us in his image. He gave us our life and our very breath. Our times are in his hands, and then he gave us eternal life when we became born again and became new creations. So he is our life source, and we are watered by his spirit, and we are nourished by his word for growth and for strength and faith and our relationship with him. All our stability comes from the Lord Jesus Christ because he is completely in us. He, we are completely his, completely his. And so then our dependence has got to be completely on him and not in our natural self. We have no strength on our own in the spirit realm. Our, our spirit strength is in the Holy Spirit. 
So if we look at the roots as representing our spiritual life, no one sees our relationship with the Lord. Roots are hidden. They are formed out of sight. And like a tree, what is grown in the hidden place produces what is evidenced in the light. So hidden roots of a tree we don't see, but they produce the tree and its branches and its fruit. So if we want to see, um, so we see this in our true spiritual life. Our inner man and our hearts and minds, no one sees but the Lord sees. It is the hidden person of the heart, which is where we are rooted in Christ. Um, for the Father God, when we got born again, he poured out his spirit in our hearts and he gave us the mind of Christ. No one else sees that, but they will see the fruit and the evidence of him through his love pouring out through us. So um, we'll see. First uh, Samuel 16, 7b says, For the Lord does not see as man sees. Like we see everyone as we are. Every person we see is in the outward appearance, but it's the Lord that looks at the heart. Our rooting is all in our relationship with him. It's, it's our intimate relationship that no one else has. We have it with the Lord alone. And that's the roots that no one sees is our, our, our life with Jesus Christ in our relationship with him. So uh, rooted in Christ could mean to us that God has first place in our hearts. He has first place in our lives, first place in our minds, first place in our choices, first places in the things that we do, and, and, as, and do it, I should say, as imperfectly as we do. None of, us, none of us live perfectly under the Lord. None of us know not one. It is impossible because if that were possible, we would never have needed Jesus Christ to go to the cross to pay the price for all the ways we miss it and miss it again. I, I say God gives us grace for every day to walk in and every way we miss it, he every day has a stack load of a multitude of new mercies for every time we miss it. You know, God covers us with his grace, then he covers us with his mercy mercy. So you know what? He's not looking for perfection. He knows that. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So we depend fully on God's grace, fully on his mercy, you know, because he has invested in us the way rooted. Um, he's so invested in us is the way I could say it. You know, it's, um, his, his love for us is just an investment that he has in us. So we know he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers them no more. Hallelujah. So that's the strength that we exchanged our unrighteousness for his righteousness. So we don't have to worry about all the times we're imperfect and fail and all our flaws and all the stuff we all deal with all the time. We're like, you know what? I just want to be sold out for the Lord Jesus and not worry about so many things that are imperfect. You know, there's just, um, God is the perfect one, the only perfect one. So uh, it is where God wants us strong in our inner man, trusting in faith with our everything. Um, this scripture I wanted to read again just because it is just so rich. This um, Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, because he is saying how blessed we are in him, that we're already blessed. We're already blessed, but when we trust and hope in him, that's where our... Um, 
where we understand the strength of character God has in us. He says, for we shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river. It's like when I saw that spreads out the roots by the river, I thought God's saying our relationship and God just has no end. We can just keep spreading out our roots growing our relationship with God because there's no end to how great he is and how, how um, impactful he can be in our hearts and how big our hearts can be as we understand him. So uh, when our roots are spreading out, you know, it, just, it shows such a picture of strength. When our roots are strong, then we do not fear when the heat comes. And there are all the circumstances of life that will come. Um, and it says, even in the midst of this, our leaf will still be green because our eyes are on the Lord and not the circumstance. Um, and then you will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will you cease yielding fruit. So wow, what a steadfastness this is that we are, we are uh, rooted in Christ Jesus, um, that no matter what the season is, we can be produced in the fruits of his love. You know, there's nothing that can um, stop that. Um, uh, Colossians 2.7 also says about being rooted and built up in him, we're also to be established in the faith that has been taught and abounding in it with thanksgiving. Well, God's telling us in this scripture that our whole life, we need to be taught. We really always need to be taught and growing the word of God, which is why we always want to hear uh, what the Lord has to say through his word, through church, through uh, any way uh, that we can. Because this established in the faith is like, it makes it a settled issue. Uh, established means we're strong, it's fixed, it's like a foundation. Establishes we choose to believe no matter what. You know, our, our foundation in, is in him. It's like building our, our, our house on the, on the rock, like God says, and Jesus Christ being our, our cornerstone. So we establish our faith more and more and more, and pretty much every day through the word of God, we establish our faith. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, so uh, that that. I say walking by faith is not easy because we, our eyes and our ears are taken in so many harsh things around us all the time. Like we got to remember we are citizens of heaven and we're just pilgrims passing through anymore because God transferred us into his kingdom. That's an everlasting kingdom. And all we see is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal, right? So we have to walk by faith. Uh, so we need to purpose this, and I love how God says abounding in it with thanksgiving. I'll tell you, thanksgiving that all that Christ has done for us, all the Lord does for us day in, day out, for all eternity, when we have abounding in thanksgiving for the faith he's put in us through his word, it is a strength to our core, it's a strength to our roots. And I love Romans ten seventeen that says, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We can say faith keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming as we hear and we hear and we hear. I say the more we hear, the more faith we get. How established does our faith become in the rock of Jesus Christ? It becomes so strong because we just don't take one little scripture on a Sunday morning and say, oh, that's good. No, we feed on the word of God. We nourish our roots. We water it. Um, God says, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 4, 4, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word spoken out of the mouth of God. 
Bread will feed our natural man, but that's just wasted and, and, and turned uh, for this time. But the, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God is feeding our spirit man. It is feeding our faith and making us strong in who he is, who he is in us, and what he wants to do through us. So we need the word of God as food for our spirit man and to build that foundation of faith that we need every day. <clears throat> uh, so... So, um, so the reason always to be established in our, our faith is always so we can be continually giving him glory. That is the, that is the, um, one of our, um, the, our greatest goals is to glorify God in all that we do. And that, as we know, comes from being in agreement with him, our hearts with his heart, and agreeing with the word of God and living it out. You know, God's word is living and active because he is living and active. And I say when we live the word of God and act on it, wow, that is when we see the Holy Spirit move in our lives because we've grabbed a hold of God's word like it is a substance because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. So, um <clears throat> So also, too, you know, we do, as we're coming into this series with the church, I'm so looking forward to all the uh, spiritual uh, battle uh, explanations so we can rise above it. Our Father God wants us to be informed. He doesn't want us ignorant. He wants us wise in the spirit for what's going on about us. So we praise Father God for revealing what we need to, to know so we can deal with it and have the discernment with our lives that we walk in. So uh, to be established in the faith in Jesus Christ and believing the Lord is to give him glory uh, because we are going to be continually bombarded as we all experience this broken and fallen world which is under the sway of the evil one. So there's, there's junk flying around all the time. And we know the evil one's agenda is always to steal, kill, and destroy, and that can be everything. So we have to be wise and on our, on our, um, in the Holy Spirit. So trials all come to all of us. So this is why God says in First uh, Timothy six twelve, He says, "Fight the good fight of faith." Sometimes we are going to really need to fight to believe God is in our midst, you know, and he is. Uh, so also God says to come fight the good fight of faith, but also he says in Ephesians six sixteen, he says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench every fiery dart of the evil one. Every fiery dart, he says, when our faith is a shield to us, that it will quench every fiery dart of the evil one. Well, if the enemy says something, we say it is written. You know, the enemy says something, we say it is written. That's just how Jesus dethroned the evil one, you know, and we stand on the word of God. It is our spiritual sword of the spirit. <clears throat> so, um, so anyway, we know the, the world system, it is broken. And when sin entered the world from the fall back in the Garden of Eden, and we all have um, battles of some sort, whether it's uh, personal issues, health issues, financial problems, even so many devastating times of loss that we have. There is many trials. There can be the daily trials of just frustrations and distractions and the stuff that wants to just um, take our faith away and take our rooting in Christ. So, so <clears throat> pardon me. 
Uh, and also, too, with all our personal things, there's also the world issues that we see on the news, that the world is really shaking. There's so much ungodly things going on, but we know Jesus is always on the throne. So when we have our minds set on things above and our faith is rooted in the word of God, his promises are yes and amen. You know, when we know the word of God, we know where we came from, we know why we're here, and we know where we're going. And what happens is the lost and broken world doesn't know that. We have the family word of God. We're in the family of God. So we have the word from the Father that tells us past, present, and future. The world does not have that yet. They don't know. They're frustrated. They're angry. They're burdened with their own sin because they haven't exchanged their sin for righteousness. So we see the myths we're working in is so many broken people that need the Lord Jesus Christ absolutely desperately. So God, help us have your love filled in our hearts so we can have the fruit of the Spirit amongst those that are in such distress and have such anger because they are lost and without hope. Hope is a power we have. We have hope in us, the Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we want to stand in, um, in our foundation of faith because it is our hope. So rooted in Christ, um, we walk with him. We are trusting in his sovereignty. We are, our eyes are on him by faith, trusting his sovereignty with everything that's going on around us. So, uh, so what happens if we exchange, God tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. If we exchange that, if we walk by sight and not by faith, oh my goodness, this distressing world, very distressing world. So we have to walk by faith and not by sight, or we will be tossed to and fro. If our foundation isn't in Christ and in faith, we will just go with the tide, you know, of the culture rather than being um, above the circumstances because our faith is in Christ. So, so God always wants his children prepared, ready in season, standing in faith no matter the circumstances. I'm believing God has put his hand on this scripture for the whole nation to be praying next, next week for a reason. God has his hand on this, how this scripture was picked for the whole nation of Christians to be praying in agreement to be rooted in Christ. Oh my goodness, it is going to be so powerful. So whatever the Lord has, we go with him as we're walking with him. Um, and none of us like these trials. Oh my goodness, God is in our midst and uses them to increase our faith for his glory. You know, our lives can be so messy. I feel like the Lord was saying that his royal majesty can be right in the middle of our royal messes because he is. That's who he is. He loves us, and he's the answer to all of our messes. So uh, so God has a, another a neat lesson for us to learn from trees because God speaks through his creation because he created it, and he created uh, creation to operate a certain way. Uh, does anybody remember um, out in Arizona, there's this Biosphere 2? Anybody remember? It was built uh, years ago as an experiment. <clears throat> and it's this large uh, greenhouse-type place. If anybody remembers seeing pictures of it, it was supposed to be this experiment of a mini-enclosed uh, planet Earth, a huge greenhouse effect. Well, the scientists uh, wanted to learn all kinds of stuff by this experiment. But one thing they found out was just amazing to them. The importance of wind in a tree's life. They found trees that grew in an environment without any wind grew faster than they would without wind, 
but they would never completely mature. They would go f- grow fast and be weak and collapse under the pressure of their own weight. They became so weak that they didn't survive long. Well, it turns out that wind plays a major part in trees maturing and growing strong. The presence of wind actually makes trees stronger. Trees in their natural environment are constantly exposed to the winds, and the winds keep them constantly moving. Well, this causes stress in the trunk of the tree, and to deal with the stress of the winds, the trees actually grow something deeper inside called reaction wood. That can also be called stress wood. So I've learned that the inner wood of the tree actually grows a stronger cellulose structure, different and stronger in content, and actually can position itself to bend and face the sun. Well, the tree God has made to survive and then to thrive in the winds of life by actually growing stronger in its very inner fiber that enables these trees to point themselves toward the life-giving sun. The winds of the storm actually make a tree stronger. The scientists were so surprised to learn this when they took the wind away from the life of a tree. Well, we can turn this spiritually and learn that the winds from the storms and trials of life, God wants to mature us And he wants us to react in trusting in him and growing stronger. We do not have, um, we don't live in these greenhouses protected from the storms of life. But we live in the real world where storms affect every one of us. So the life lesson from this tree as we are rooted in Christ Jesus is about the winds and the storms that come. We need to react in Christ and grow our inner man stronger when these storms come. For us to be these trees of righteousness that are rooted in Christ and our inner fiber would be renewed in the spirit, renewed in our inner man and strengthened rather than weakened by storms. Devil wants to weaken us and we say, no, we're going to have our inner man grip Christ and be stronger in the storms of life. So even God is, is speaking how these trees had to survive and then thrive in the storms of life and the winds of life they actually here they are turning their face to the sun boy what happens if we survive and then thrive and we turn our face to the s-o-n when life gets hard so this is what god is teaching us through these trees that there is such a strong message about god wanting some maturing through storms in our inner fiber and not to collapse under the pressures that come upon us we can see why, um, why Paul p- prayed this prayer in Ephesians 3, 16 through 17 for the church, asking for the Lord's help. He says, he is praying for the church to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith so that you will be uh, rooted and grounded in love. So we see it's the faith and the love that God has in our hearts that is our strength in the, in the core of us when the storms and winds of life blow. So, um, but some storms, you know, in our personal life, um, they can be like tornadoes. Trials that can uproot us and turn us upside down and totally be blindsided and devastated. You know, we know the scripture of James 1, 2 through 3 that says, My brother, count it all joy 
when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. You know, that is a vital scripture for us to get our eyes on the Lord. But you know, folks, too, we also, I believe God wants to tell us about rightly dividing the word of God, where also we have discernment from the Holy Spirit what scriptures we need to use in certain circumstances. This is a great truth that we need to realize God is in the midst of our storms. But when when people, I know there's, people in this church body that have been devastated by tornado storms in their personal lives and things that have happened to them that they have been blindsided, you know? And we've seen towns that are devastated by tornadoes. And you know, it takes a village to build the, the building back, to build the town back. Well, the body of Christ is to help each other in these big storms. You know, I um, just have a heart for some people going through some devastating things. So, um, so anyway, like it takes a village to rebuild a town that's been hit by a tornado. And we just need to come along our brothers and sisters in Christ and help them, help them. Um, what God was putting in my heart about this is that we come along our brothers and sisters in Christ that have been devastated by certain things. God put in my heart that it's called triage prayer. That we come along and we pray the Holy Spirit and the encouragement over our brothers and sisters in Christ. On those, those um, the hearts where they can't even pick themselves up. So God is saying, you know, we all are trees of righteousness to be rooted in Christ. So rooted in Christ is going to have the compassion of Christ. You know, so um, this is God's promise to us too. I love um, Isaiah 40 verse 11. It says, the Lord, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Because that's what he does. So um, also makes me think of that um, poem about footprints, if you've heard that, you know, where you see the two sets of footprints and all of a sudden there's one and it's like, oh, Lord, where did you go? And the Lord's saying, oh, it's when I was carrying you. You know, that's, that's a picture of that beautiful scripture. So, so let's remember it's always God who is with us, that he loves us so deeply and he will never let us go. Even if we're faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself you know so his promises are so true he is so good and he is so real so with us rooted in Christ Jesus the main root is the root of love that we have and the compassion that we have for this broken and fallen world that has no hope that is angry because it doesn't know the love of God so this compassion uh, flowing through us to our brothers and sisters in Christ and to the broken world is how the Lord is going to be revealed through us through this fruit. So, um, so as, as we hold him close to our heart, the truth that we are fully, completely rooted in his love forever. I love Romans 8, 38 through 39. It says, um, for I am persuaded, and we all say this, we are all persuaded that it's neither death nor life, 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. These promises are foundation to our faith, you know. God is fully rooted in us, fully established, and committed to us forever. No one sticks closer to us than Jesus. He's a brother, right? He loves us in the same. He loves us when we're in full faith. He loves us and we're in no faith. He just loves. It's who he is. So, but on our side of the relationship, I've realized for me that it's, it comes down to uh, being rooted in Christ. It comes down to our desire and to our discipline. We need discipline. We are disciples of Jesus Christ. Without the word of God nourishing our roots, without the love of God, meditations in our heart, without these choices of partnering with Almighty God, we will become weak and our roots will be weak in Christ. You know, our strength is in Christ alone. So, um, so we need that us to set our desire on Almighty God, on his purposes, through his word, and we need to be disciplined in it. It is a battle zone out there. It is a battle zone wherever we go. And we need to be um, setting our heart on the Lord, trusting in him, and being disciplined every day. So every day, we set our hearts on the Lord. Every day, we choose whom we will serve. Every day, we say, Jesus is Lord. We say, you are the Christ. Every day we worship, every day we study God's word, every day we pray. All of this, it sets our affections on God, who is our love, who is our power. And we get the, we get the short time on life to live for his glory before we meet him face to face. Um, the this, this scripture, uh, thank you for these, by the way. Uh, the scripture in Matthew 621 says it says where your treasure is there your heart will be also you know and when we see this uh, it's um we're looking at what do we treasure because the way God orders his scripture he says where your treasure is your heart will be there also the heart is a follower so we have to purpose Jesus Christ as our treasure because you know what he calls us his treasure he calls us his treasure. So we purpose him as our treasure. Our heart is right where he is. So where our treasure is, is where our heart will be also. So we need to tell our heart some days where it's supposed to go. We are, have to tell our heart that we're not walking by feelings. We're taught walking by faith, you know? So we have, to, we have to be a disciplined ones that say, I'm not going by that circumstance, how I feel, what I've seen. I'm going by the love of God, and my heart belongs to Jesus Christ. So, um, and from, so, so to say, too, from all our rootedness in Christ, life happens and then we will produce the fruit. So it comes out of our overflow of our love for God. A rooted in Christ is to be about the heart of Jesus Christ. We see how Jesus is through the scriptures. He's the good Samaritan. He's the lover of the poor and the broken. He just loves. Everything he does, he just loves. So we're loving God with our thoughts and our words and our deeds. It's, it's gonna, he's going to be revealed. We don't have to work for the fruits because there's a million 
type of fruits out there because there's millions of brothers and sisters in Christ with all different personalities, all different life circumstances, all different spiritual shapes. But I say if, um, if we're rooted in Christ and we're doing something that's Christ-like, then that's going to be his fruit. You know, it's going to be rooted in him, his love and his message to be his hands and feet. So um, I want to pray this prayer over all, the, all of us that's in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, also about our, the fruit that God has through us being rooted in Jesus Christ. It says, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, uh, that you may approve the things which are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness that are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Uh, so that is a great prayer for us. Uh, so, so with us magnifying the Lord being rooted in Jesus Christ, uh, with this with this set of scripture for next week for the National Day of Prayer, uh, this is going to be declared, it's going to be prayed, it's going to be pronounced, it's going to be, uh, I believe, so powerful. When I see this rooted in Christ, um, it is the family of God to me, uniting, being a united front in the power and the love of God. Can you just uh, picture this with the, our whole nation, every church and group of Christians praying the scripture in agreement that we are all, it's to me thinking about each other in the body of Christ, that we are all rooted in Christ. We are all to be these trees of righteousness rooted in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. To me, I, I, I picture the church getting so strong, so on purpose, establishing in the faith of, of, of Christ Jesus that I, I just picture where Jesus says that this is a real building of the church, really a building day of the church of this national day of prayer. And Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against us. I am really believing that this national day of prayer is going to be a turning point for the church to step up and take her place. I'm really fully believing that as we are rooted in Christ Jesus as a church body across our nation, Will we once again be one nation under God because the church is taking her place, her place of, of, uh, in this nation. So uh, I'm, I'm believing um, this scripture God put his hand on is for a reason and for a season. So it's purposeful by God building his church again. So I, I am excited for whatever God has, whatever he has going on, because we are his, um, his righteousness to be revealed to the unrighteous world and be his love to an unloving world. So we need to, uh, uh, pardon me, guard our, our righteousness in Christ because he is our strength. And um, I had on my, my heart to just read a, a little hymn here at the uh, end as we're closing um, because we need to make, make our confession of faith. Using our mouth makes a uh, it makes a, a declaration into the atmosphere, into the spirit realm. Our, our ears actually hear what we say with our mouth. Rather than even just reading the word quietly, we hear it. It goes in our gates as we're even speaking it. And to be strong in him, the word of God out loud is, uh, is a vital 
a weapon against the enemy and a strength to our spirit man. But I just thought it was so neat when the worship team was playing about He Lives. They kept talking about He Lives. And I'm like, that was the song, the hymn. I just wanted to confess it out of my mouth. You know, and we have down days and discouraged days and we're, we're just not feeling, you know, like we should feel, you know, in the spirit. Uh, we just need to make our mouth confess what's already in our heart, the righteousness of God and the glory of Jesus Christ and the hope we have in him. We got to turn around the moments of feelings because feelings want to own us. They really do. And they have no right. We are to be led by the spirit of God and not by our feelings because they go all over the place. And if we live by feelings, we will be a mess tossed to and fro. We have to be rooted in Christ Jesus for whatever is ahead. We don't know what's ahead. It could be everything. It could be a, a mass of revival and salvations and harvest in the midst of mass turmoil. We don't know, but where we're rooted in Christ, we know he's on the throne, our eyes are on him, and we're just being about his business. So, you know, it's uh, glory to God. So I just want to just wanted to read this one hymn, old hymn uh, about he lives because he does, and he lives within us. I'll just read the chorus once at the end, but we can say this every day. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever man may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. In all the world around me, I see his loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast, and the day of his appearing will come at last. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving so good and kind. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives salvation to impart. Will you ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. So we give all glory and all honor and praise we are going to purpose this scripture and be doers of the word where we are rooted in Christ Jesus. We are strong in his righteousness, in his Holy Spirit power. We have our mind and our hearts and our eyes set and fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. So whatever comes, God has his children ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.